Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 17, and 9 Round TKO with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one stop shop for all your NHL, ECHL, PHL, every AHL thing that you can, every hockey league in the world. DHL right for all your delivery needs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, follow us uh, on X at Inside the Rink, Inside underscore the underscore rink, and download the Inside the Rink app for extension Bru- extensive Bruins coverage. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and uh, we have some information about ESPN+. Thank you for watching the show. If you enjoy our podcast and want to support the show, consider signing up for ESPN Plus via our link at insidetherink.com slash ESPN or scan the QR code on your screen now. I have ESPN Plus and I personally love all the college sports, UFC, MLB, and NHL games all across ESPN platforms. Over 1,000 out-of-market NHL games are on ESPN Plus every year. Make sure you hit the QR code or go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to make sure you don't miss out on any of this year's NHL action. And if that wasn't enough for you, ESPN Plus is currently offering a bundle of ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu for $14.99 a month. You get sports, the kids get Disney, and Hulu is the added bonus. It's the perfect bundle. I personally have it, and I don't know what you would do without it. Yeah, that's a win-win-win right there. So one last time, sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to grab that fantastic bundle or just ESPN Plus if you, if you, you know, screw the kids. You don't, you don't really care about screw them all that much. Kids. Screw the kids. <laughs> God damn it. We do everything for the kids. Right? Can we have one thing? I mean, yeah. can we have one thing? I think we should. I mean, honestly. One thing yeah, for ourselves. For us. Yeah. The, no bun- the whole bundle just for us. Screw the yeah. kids. I mean, there's no, there's not like there's any porn on it. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's ESPN. <laughs> you know, it's this. Like, you know, I mean, come on. Hulu. I don't even have, I, I don't, I don't have the package. I should. I you should, should have the now. package. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm honest with my, with my folks, with my peeps. I don't have it. And I should, I should get it. I should get the, I have Paramount Plus. I have Peacock. I have every other. Yeah, I have the Hulu. I love it. Uh, some good yeah. shows on Hulu. Good stuff on there. Uh, yeah. Only Murders in the Buildings on there, and uh, you got the Shorzy on there, and the Letterkennys. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Uh, and then all the hockey games, which you know we enjoy. Yeah, the hockey games. We didn't enjoy much of these hockey games pre uh, previously. No, this uh, last week or so. No, we have rapid review right now. In a long homestand, Bruins are two, three, and two. They finish up the homestand not great. Lose to Calgary four to nothing, in what was a really embarrassing effort. Uh, just coming out of the break, which we'll talk about later. Breaks in general, but that really was a momentum killing. The break was momentum killing, and then they come out and just lay an egg. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to dive too deep into these games, but yeah, we'll leave it at that. That was embarrassing. One of the one of their worst played games of the year, I'll say. And then they follow it up with. They fell up with a big win over the Vancouver Canucks. It was four to nothing. Uh, and Vancouver, a really good team. I mean, tops in the NHL. And, and they come into Boston, and, and the Bruins really responded after such a poor effort against the Flames. And they really, a, a resounding 
win over the Canucks. Yeah, it was first in the East against first in the West. So it was a, a big test for both teams. Uh, and the Bruins passed that one with flying colors. About the only thing they did well on the homestand. Yeah, and then they come back with the Jekyll and Hyde effort of the century, and they lose to Washington Capitals, who are really struggling coming in, uh, probably not going to make the playoffs, or uh, they'll have to struggle to get there. They lose 3 nothing to Washington, shut out for the second time in five days, and they sandwiched the uh, Vancouver impressive victory with two, you know, just he- pieces of heel bread. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say yeah. dog shit efforts, but heel right. bread works. Right. Yeah. Right. Heel, heel bread. bread. Yeah, the, yeah. The end of the loaf. Yeah. Right there. What no one right really there. wants. Yeah. No, no one wants it at all. And then they lose to Tampa Bay three to two in a shootout. It was a better effort, uh, but Tampa Bay gets the win in the shootout. They lose to Seattle. Terrible effort. Uh, four to one to Seattle at home. And it was really, the wheels were kind of falling off the thing. Mm -hmm. Jim Montgomery was talking about how, you know, about effort and things that you really don't want to hear about or haven't heard about for a couple of years of this team. Yeah. Uh, And it it made you wonder a little bit, but then they lose five to four in overtime to the Kings. They, they play better, but they let it, they piss it away. They let it, they let, they just, they just give it to the Kings. And of course a bad, you know, just sort of a bad play in, in, in the three on three. And then Clark comes out of the, out of the box and scores a nice finish. Yeah. Scores. Beautiful finish. Uh, they blow the lead, you know, and, and that was just another, <clears throat> let's blow the lead and, and losing the shootout. And then finally <clears throat> they really needed this one, a four to three win in the ninth round of the shootout in their last game there. Uh, and Hey, they, they really, really needed to finish that uh, homestand with a win. They did because they had lost four in a row, uh, starting to, to go out on a road trip. Um, obviously hadn't been playing well. Um, I thought Charlie McAvoy in that game was huge. You know, a couple of assists, uh, set up Pasternak on the game-tying goal with less than two minutes to go, and then he wins it in the ninth round of the shootout on a, on a great, you know, forehand, backhand move. Uh, Deke and then top shelf with a backhander. So, um, yeah, they, they, they really needed it. Uh, and they celebrated Marchand uh, in that game in the afternoon, a thousand games for him, uh, which was a nice ceremony and a lot of nice uh, things said about him from teammates and, uh, you know, a few guys around the league, Tyler Sagan, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon uh, chime in. So uh, overall, a pretty good day, a little matinee Monday action, and, and they got a desperately, desperately needed victory. Yeah, they did. And, and now they go on a tough home, a tough road trip here. Yeah. Uh, in the Western Can- Canadian uh, Peninsula, mm-hmm. is, it, is it a it's, peninsula? It's not a. It's not a peninsula <laughs> whatsoever. But they'll be out there, and they'll be. They'll be out in Western to, Canada. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. In a yeah, in a, a province. Yeah, that's a tough one. Different provinces. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Maybe they need to go out on a trip far away from home. That's another thing. They were home, I think, eleven or twelve days. Yeah. Like they were in Boston through the break. I think they were there before the break. Before the break, yeah. Maybe. Before the break. Before the break, then they had a long all-star break, break, and then they were home, had a seven-game homestand. So it it was probably more than 11 or 12 days. You know, that can be distracting, make you a little lethargic. You know, and and they say that that long road trips away can help. And I think that now they can focus in, you know, be on the road, be together, and, and hopefully they can play better. And I think they will on the road. Now, I will if they'll win games. I have no idea. But there were some real stinkers at home. Uh, and I think that was part of it, you know. 
Uh, all right. Seven Sheriffs is sponsored by Lobster Brewing, Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room, downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in in uh, small beers and large lagers and all sorts of things. Uh, but beer and lager and bar down IPA, and you can get it all there with use the coupon code sports for 10% off your online order. At lopsbrewing.com, follow them at lopsbrewing for new beers and events. And Sherp won NHL Four Nations face-off. USA, Canada, Sweden, Finland, hosted by Montreal and Boston in 2025 in place of the All-Star Game. And the NHL players are back in the Olympics 2026 and 2030. Your thoughts? Okay, first of all, uh, let's focus. Uh, the Olympics part is fantastic. Everybody wants to see uh, the the best players play for their countries in the Olympics. It's been fantastic hockey uh, over the years. Uh, and it's great that the NHL players are going back to that. Now, as far as the four nations thing, I think this is a huge mistake. Uh, not the tournament itself, but the fact that you have Boston as one of the hosts, uh, David Pasternak, one of the most prolific goal scorers in the entire league cannot be in the tournament. He can't be in it because right. Chechnya nope. is not included in the four nations. So that is a mistake. It is a huge mistake and it is a marketing, you know, gaff, whatever you want to call it. It's fucking stupid. It's ridiculous that you have one of the elite stars in the game, the things in his own backyard and he can't be in it. It's ridiculous. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't know how, you know, the NHL could fix this other than instead of making it the four nations tournament, you make it the eight nations tournament and you include Chechnya and Germany. And, you know, they don't, they still have, you know, the taboo thing with Russia. So I guess you can't include them. Um, but there was a way to make this work that they probably should have tried to do to include some of the game's best stars. Uh, and I, I think it's just a missed opportunity and, and kind of a gaffe by the league. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I just, I, I, what are we, what is this, 1965? Like, yeah. we're, we're including USA, Canada, Sweden, and Finland. We're not including these other, these other countries that have really good players. Like, I, I just, what, what are you doing? The one like, thing, yeah. What, the one thing that I, I did just, see about it is, and, and it was the reason that I was told was that the, there weren't other teams involved is because there aren't actually enough players within the NHL because it's NHL only. So that's another thing. It's not players from all over the place. It's players that are from these countries that play in the NHL and that's it. So you can't get guys that are in the KHL or whatever to play. It's only NHL players and there aren't enough guys from Chechnya or Germany or whatever to field a full roster. Now there are ways around okay. that. They did the North America and the young guns and all that crap before. Yeah. So they could find a way around it, but they didn't they just didn't want to. They wanted right. it to be easy and uh right. you know, four four teams and, and then just bang it out quick. So now, do you think this this nation's four nations face off, you think this is gonna be bogus bullshit hockey or are people are gonna play hockey? People are gonna play real hockey in this tournament. Uh that's a very good question. It's a very good I mean, question. Come in with the whole vibe of it's still an all-star game spectacle. We're not going to check anybody. It's going to be. It's going to be an eight. NHL event. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. yeah so not, it's not a real, you know, USA. It's not like Canada, Canada Cup in the seventies. You know what I mean? It's not like. It's not like. They I mean, really care. The only thing that I could see that would maybe get some people's, you know, competitive juices up is because they are wearing, you know 
USA sweaters or Canada sweaters or whatever. So they are playing for their country, essentially. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that I can think that would make it into something that the players would actually care about. We'll see, though. Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't. I mean, the Olympics still compete, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. But this thing... You know, it's not like I, the first time I thought of it, I thought of the old Canada Cup, or mm-hmm. those types of things where they really, I mean, that was a big deal in Canada. Sure. Like that was Jesus. Like now this, they can't, they can't manufacture other tournaments, especially mid season. Right. Like they just can't do it. It's not, look at the in season tournament in the, in the NBA. It was like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't. Do the the only me. thing I wonder is if if it does better than the All Star Game, which is really I think all they're hoping for is right. is maybe at at that point you know this is something that can replace that and you get a better product. I mean, Jesus, the NBA, uh, everybody on on Twitter and X and all across the country and the world was complaining about this thing. Like, even the commissioner of the league was like, "Congratulations, East team, you scored the most points, you win," and like. <laughs> I mean, everybody was just disgusted with the whole thing because no one gave a shit. No one played any defense. One team scored 200-something points. I mean, Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, so if they can get, to bring it back to, the, to, the, to hockey, if they can get this thing to be a better product than the NHL All-Star game, that's probably all they're looking for. Yeah, I, I get it. I yeah, I just I don't know. I, okay, fine. I mean, I I guess I'm intrigued by it, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I you know maybe maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll go to Boston. Yeah, and we'll go watch it. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, we can know. pick it out front. Say Pasta yeah. should be playing. Yeah, create a I mean, controversy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pasta, you think Pasta like drops the opening face off? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think Pasta is yeah. going to be uh, you know in. Yeah, Belize, or you know, yeah. Bora Bora somewhere. Yeah, sitting yeah, on a is. beach. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna a give rat. a frog's Fuck fat ass. Man. Nope. Yeah. All right. Trip two. Matt Patra, shoulder surgery out five months. Does this change the Bruins' needs at the trade deadline at all? First of all. Secondly, um, I guess any regrets on doing this whole thing with him? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think there should be any regrets um, because I think he, he earned it. He made the team out of camp um, with the way that he played. So I don't, I think that's good for him developmentally. Uh, Mm. Although I don't think they handled him particularly well after that, you know, Mm. sitting him for large portions of the third period and meaningless games. Like if you're going to lose four in a row in the middle of February, like you know, why not just play him in December games that don't really mean anything? Like it doesn't, it doesn't really, uh, I don't, I don't think they handled him particularly well. Like if they wanted to do the Leo Carlson thing, what they were doing in Anaheim where he, you know, sits the second of a back to back or things like that to, to kind of ease them in, um, you know, maybe that would, would have been a better, um, way to, to go about it than what they were doing. Uh, so I, I, I feel like, uh, he earned his opportunity, but after he earned his opportunity, I don't think they particularly handled it well. As far as what the trade deadline is, um, you know, their centers, I still feel like they could use a center or a forward. It doesn't necessarily have to be a center. Um, you know, they have some depth there, but like Coyle right now, a little bit of a slump. Zaka, a little bit of a slump. You know, are they sliding back to what they've been? 
Um, or are they just having a little slump? You know, you don't know. So could they use a top six center? Probably. Yeah. So, um, of course. you know, I, I feel like they could, they could use something like that. Uh, so I think maybe, you know, not necessarily losing Patra, but just in general, I think they could use a player like that. So I don't know if he necessarily being injured changes that. I just feel like mm-hmm. he, uh, the, the Bruins in general could use a, a center. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't change it. Cause they just won't give him an opportunity. Like, they, right. again, like I said, last episode, like it's like, they're not given an opportunity to play in the third period. They're certainly not going to give him an opportunity in round one against friggin' Florida. You know right. what I mean? It's just like, it's not going to happen. Like I don't, so I don't think they're losing much by him not being there just because he wasn't really a factor. So, right. but, but now I have to think about, you know, yeah, going back to, um, the Guelph is probably not helping his development. I mean, he dominated there, but the other, on the other hand, you know, was he ready enough? Did his slight build and youth lend to him getting injured? You know, now it's a, you know, it's a pretty serious injury. I mean, it's not, not something to sneeze at. I think McAvoy and Grizzly had the same kind of thing. You know, they're pretty debilitating injuries. So I don't know. It's, it's, um, I think they need a forward. And I don't think they can get the top line center. It's just too expensive, costs too many assets. Mm-hmm. They won't make that kind of move. But I do think I, I, my second choice is go get a winger who can fucking score the puck. Yeah. You know, like who can be a a threat every time, like can be another guy in the power play every time. Like they need that guy. I don't know who that is, but they need that guy. Yeah, they seem right now like they're a little bit top-heavy. And, you know, some of the secondary scoring stuff, um, they just don't have a lot of guys who score goals. I mean, it's it's Pasenak with 35, I believe. Then Marchand has 20, you know, whatever. And then you got Coyle and, like, Frederick there, like 18, whatever, 17, 18 apiece in that that range. And, And then Zaka has, like, 13. And then there's not much else after that. So... Finding a guy who can score goals certainly, I think, would would help them going forward. Yeah, and I'm and I'm with you. I just think I think I, I get the defenseman thing. I think they do need a third pair guy that's a little rough and rumble, rough and tumble, whatever it is. But um, I think they need a forward. They need a forward who can score. So, uh, and that forward trip number three, yay or nay, on Casey Middlestat. I'd be in one hundred percent. He's yeah. a big kid. Um, yeah. He's having a pretty good year for them. I think he would jump in right away and be like the fourth, you know, fourth scoring forward on the team or the fourth, uh, highest scoring player on the team. Um, you know, he's obviously, he's a first round pick. So he, you know, he has the talent, um, and he's, and he's playing really well for a, for a pretty bad team there. Um, so I would be all in on that. Um, if you had to give up, I've heard some, some trade, um, speculation about it. I don't think the Bruins have a first round pick to give up for them, for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how they would go about doing that. You know, do you give up a Lysel for him? Uh, I don't know. Um, do you give up, you know, a low rye for him? I don't think so. Uh, and Buffalo probably really needs defense. So they'd be leaning more in that direction. I think, um, you know, they're not going to take a Grizzlick or a Forbort because just watching them play recently, it's it's almost like they're purposely trying to sabotage getting traded out of Boston by playing bad. So, um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know if the Bruins have enough. And I don't think Buffalo, unless it was a Taylor Hall situation and he said, I only want to go to Boston, I don't think drop Buffalo trades him within the division. I really don't. Right. It, it wouldn't and, and make any again, sense. To, after they got burned with Boston. Right, exactly. Like, it looks so bad. Sure. Like to do that to Boston again. And I don't think that Boston has the chips. No. Unless you pile up like all your chips. Right. Like I just don't think, I mean, this guy's a good player. He has 44 yeah. points in 55 games. He's a first round pick, you know, in 2021. Like yeah. he's young, he's big, he's yeah. good. Yeah. Like that has value. Sure. Like that's, that has value. And up in, in the middle, they have Thompson and Cousins and Krebs. Like they're pretty well, I'd, I'd fire Krebs and Cousins to the sun before middle stat, but whatever. Yeah. If they want to, they want to do that thing. Fine. But I feel that middle stat's going to be, end up in like Colorado or some fucking where that where they get a really good player on a good team and he's going to excel. And I just don't think the Bruins have the chips anyway. And you're right. I think I don't think the Sabres want to give Bruins any more chips. No, either chirp four. what's the biggest problem or need with this team going forward? Um, I think it's scoring depth. Um, I think their defense is good enough, you know, because you have McAvoy, Lindholm just got hurt, but you know, McAvoy, Carlo, um, you know, possibly low rye Wotherspoon. They have some guys like I'm not really, I don't really love the whole third pair right now with Forbort, Shattenkirk. Um, and I'll throw Grizzlick into that because I don't think he's anywhere close to playing like a first line. Uh, first pair defenseman at this point. No. I think he's been oh, bad pretty much all year long. Um, yep. And I think Forbort, you know, may have started off strong, but since then he's been a shell of what he was. I don't know if he's cashed or if he's still hurt or if he's, um, but he's had plenty of time to shake the rust off and it's just, um, just not there. And I think Shattenkirk is just a little bit more of kind of an offensive guy. He's not really the bruiser that we talked about that you would want back there. I think he's fine. He's solid as a veteran. I would be playing Watherspoon. I don't see why he's not getting the time uh, instead of a guy like Forbort. I think he should be. Um, so, you know, if it was up to me, Grizzlick, Forbort are both gone and you're, and you're finding someone to plug in there uh, on, the third, on the third pair with, with Watherspoon, um, whether it's a right side or a left side. I think Watherspoon can play both, but he'd rather play left. So if you could find a, yeah. right, a right shot D-man, I think that's something you need to look into, but uh, I just I'm not sure what what they're doing at this point with the whole thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I, I I think they're trying to, you know, not play everybody all the time. I think they're trying to give some rest and they're trying to rotate guys and stuff, you know, and and that type of thing. Um, I I think that they need a, a wing or two, like a guy who's capable of scoring goals. They need a fourth liner with some sandpaper and they need a defenseman with some sandpaper. And I think if they get those three things, then I think they could be decent and they could make a run. Um, they need a third, third pair sandpaper guy, hammerhead, you know, guy who's willing to, you know, take chances, you know, above the law. <laughs> and they need a guy in a fourth liner who's a legitimate with some size and some, and some snarl and all that stuff to go with. I throw Beecher in there again and I'd get rid of your, you know, seven dwarfs that you're rotating in there. And then I'd go with a, a winger who can score the score the puck. And those are the things that I would do. 
I agree with you on all of those things. Do you think, though, they have enough assets to get any or all of that? Because I don't. Right. Right. I, I, let me I hop don't. in for a minute. I do a lot of reading and a lot of listening. One thing that I will clarify for Tyler when he mentioned the first round picks is the Bruins first round pick this year is only top 10 protected. It's almost a guarantee at this rate that they're not going to be in the top 10. So that will go to Detroit. So next year's first round pick would essentially be on the table. Uh, but a lot of the different podcasts I've listened to as far as like 32 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman, Darren Dreger, Chris Johnston, Frank Saravalli, the folks, everybody seems to be in agreement that the Bruins don't have a lot to trade as far as draft assets or prospects, but they all are alluding to the Bruins trading things off their roster to make their additions this year. Interesting. What that is, I don't know. Yeah, I I find that extremely interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm not sure who they would trade off their roster. Like I said, I I mean, if they could trade, if he could, if John Sweeney can trade Grizzlick in a first round next year for Casey Middlestat, I will give him the General oh Manager God. of the Year award right now. Yes, right now for for right this now. year and for There's next no year. Fucking way, and I maybe mean, for the year so. after that. <laughs> If the Sabres do that, they should absolutely burn the place to the ground. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, that's the end of yeah. the Buffalo Sabres organization. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I would move them to New Mexico. Yeah. Like, I would not well, that's a good... have a team in Buffalo anymore. If you think about it from Buffalo's perspective, if they get Matt Grizzlick and they sign him to an extension and a first-round pick next what? year, what? they could package their pick plus the Bruins pick to another team for the goaltending that, you know, they're looking out for. It's not a complete loss for them. It's just middle stat. Again, like you mentioned, Cousins, Thompson, Krebs. They've also got Matt Savoy in the AHL who's ready to come up and play. Okay. I mean, I just think that it's one of those things where they don't have any intention of signing him. So Is he a UFA after this year? Um, he's an RFA with arbitration rights. Okay. So he would definitely be up for a raise right. uh, via arbitration regardless if you couldn't get him to a long-term extension. Okay, so maybe there's a path there. You know, they don't want to pay him because he's, he's an RFA and are, and are eligible. Uh, and they like, you know, they have Krebs and they'll have Savoy um, under more team control. I still don't think he trades. They trade him to the Bruins, number one. And I don't think they... Um, I don't think the Bruins have enough. I really don't to to get him. If they sign Matt Grizzlick to a long term extension after trading for him, the Kevin Adams, I, I I think he's still the general manager, should be fired immediately on the yeah, spot. Gave Connor Clifton a three year deal. I know, yeah, and and they they hate him already. They hate him already. And if they paired know, Connor Clifton. Okay. With with another Bruins defenseman that they would yeah. hate immediately. Yeah. Immediately, uh, I I mean Kevin Kevin Adams would be you know he going down to the, to the to yeah. the <laughs> Tallahassee Jackrabbits or whatever he's, he's and and playing for that being general manager. manager. Like, yeah, it's just like I don't know. I mean, I just I don't know. I mean, if they do, God bless America. Like, yeah, that's great. If they want to like, help the Bruins fantastic. win by giving us yeah. Casey Middlestat, I am all it. on board. Let's do let's, it. Let's yesterday let's yeah. sign me up i am in oh my gosh i am in at this point i'm ready to i'm ready to trade grizzlick at this point for like a fourth round pick yeah i would trade i would i mean i would trade him just so 
so someone else would take the cap hit. Take yeah. the cap hit off my hands so that I can go out and him. make another deal to get somebody yeah. in here with his money. I'll do that. I'll do the same for Fourboard. Yeah. Give me, give me yeah. a, a couple of sixths for each of those guys and clear, you know, whatever, six and change million dollars and let me go out and find a $6 million winger or Noah Hannafin yeah. that I can bring in and, yeah. and, and play and be better for it yeah, in the I'm, long run. I'm, I'm with you. Um, all right. Chair five, Jake DeBrus still feels he will stay. Will he be extended before the end of the season? Uh, Connor has an article coming up after the pod post to promote this clip, this very clip right here. And my answer is no. I don't think he will be extended before the end of the season. I think they're fighting over the money. I think they will mm -hmm. continue to fight over the money because I think Jake thinks he's worth a certain amount. And the Bruins have seen his play this year drop off, even though Montgomery's kind of pumped his tires and said, you know, he's playing the right way and doing these kind of things. That's all well and good. But to mm -hmm. get the kind of money he wants to get, you got to produce offensively. And he's just yeah, not I, doing I'm, it. I'm with it. And you know what? I think he's going to walk. Like, I think he's in. And, and you know what? I don't think he's going to get nearly as much as he thinks he's going to get from anybody. But I think he might be just pissed enough to take whatever other offer and walk. Like, I think they're betting on the fact that nobody else is really going to want him as, as much, like is really going to want him to the point where he thinks they want him. Right. And I think that there's not going to be a lot of great offers. And I think they're just riding it out now to say, you know what, you're going to take another hometown discount because you just don't have the value you think you have. What do you, what do you, do you think that he could possibly be trade bait to another team? You know, it, could he go to Buffalo in a middle stat switch? Jake DeBrusque, <laughs> Matt Grizzlick, uh, and, you know, whatever for, for middle stat. You know, do you think that's something the Bruins would entertain? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, well, I don't, I mean, the Bruins entertaining that. I mean, right. if, if, are you asking me if I will? Yes. Are the Bruins? Eh. I right. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's just, I it's, it's interesting. Cause he is kind of having a down, down type year. And then, you know, they will have to pay him or someone's going to have mm -hmm. to pay him. So if you could trade him and get an asset back in return that you have control over monetarily and, and he's an RFA instead of a UFA, maybe that's something the Bruins would consider. I don't know. I still yeah, don't think Don Sweeney likes to trade guys off the roster in season. No, he doesn't. So. Because it's the whole like he, he he's yeah. got to be safe. He's got to make the he's going to yeah. make the playoffs. Like mm -hmm. you can't if it, if it happens and that's the downfall, then he could be fired. Like that's it's too risky. Yeah. Anything less risky. than five seconds, you got to give me the amount of years in AAV on the contract For him? that he's going to get. Yep. Uh, four times five twenty. Tyler? Yeah, I'd be in the same ballpark. I'd say five times five. Yeah, okay. in that range. I, I would say four years, five million apiece. That's what, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, four years. Yeah. And I think that's fair, honestly. That is fair. I mean, the guy is up and down. The guy is mm. like uh, Brett Saberhagen was when he pitched, like every other year guy. Yeah. Like, it's just like he's up and down. It's a roller coaster peaks and valleys like you read about like jesus and then you know mental health stuff and he yeah. he seems to like let things get to his head and he's he just you know and i think he's real and i and i respect that 
And I think he's honest with, with those things, but still, is that something you can get behind and be de- and depend on? You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the whole part of having to, um, not necessarily coach him different, but kind of treat him with kid gloves. Like I, I feel like part of the Montgomery thing, pumping him up early in the season when he was struggling to produce is because they don't want to lose the guy. They don't want to lose him. And I think he, he's a guy that you could lose if, you know, Montgomery's like, we really need Jake. And then he puts more pressure on himself. And then there's a whole kind of spiral there where, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think you need to kind of treat Jake with kid gloves. And is that something that you want to invest in for the long term? I'm not sure it is, especially if he's not producing the way that you need him to produce, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at the level that he's you. getting paid. So I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right, trip six. Scott Wheeler of the Athletics still has the Bruins at thirty in prospect rankings. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean their prospects are bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, when you take out Patra, Lowry, Beecher, who are already already just about over or way beyond the twenty-five game threshold there, so they're not prospects anymore. You take those three guys off. Yeah. Holy shit! Like. Yeah, there's nothing. There's, quickly. Yeah, there's nothing there. It's there's it's there. it's Merkulov, and then it's a bunch of college guys that yeah. haven't played any professional hockey yet. Right, um, low round picks or you know flyer yeah. kind of guys. Right, like, they might work out. Somebody might, you know. Now, if you would rate just goaltending, I think the Bruins yeah. would be towards the top. I think they do a really sure. good job with goaltending. I think they have a uh-huh. lot of goaltenders in the pipeline. I think that's maybe a position that they should look to make a move. Uh, with someone else to maybe get some other kind of prospects back, whether they can flip some of their goaltending prospects for higher end positional prospects. Maybe that's something they do. Or if you could even include some of those guys uh, into a, into a deal to get a guy that's NHL ready, you know, that's something that they should consider. They have a bunch of goalie prospects. Mm. Yeah. And I, yes. And I think that Di Pietro, I mean, Michael Di Pietro has really risen. Like he, sure. that was a great, great little trade. So I think it blows. Yeah, he does. Like that was a great trade. Yeah. Like that was, you know, to get a, a goalie of any substance and uh, he's been really, really good. Like one yeah, of the better goaltenders in the friggin' AHL. Like, you know, you might get something out of that. You might be able to deal him, which is probably what they should do. Yeah. Or or maybe get something out of him and deal somebody else. But yeah, maybe you can deal an Bussy and you keep DiPietro. <laughs> right. I mean, then it's they a, have... It's an asset. Yeah. Sure. Then they have you Reed know. Dick and they have um, Svedback. So they have yeah. some other guys in the pipeline, too, that are playing well. Sure. Yeah. So I think, that, I think, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm with you. All right. Uh, I'm going to let you guys this one. Chirp number seven. <laughs> Bruins drinking games. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Anything involving Jack Edwards uh, messing up someone's uh, name or uh, Sovia Yurchtovitz's name or um, mumbling or saying on down the river, uh, you should drink. Um, what do you think, Connor? What do you got? You got one? I'm actually, I was going to pull it up um, in my text message, but earlier when you guys were talking about the heel bread, I texted you guys in the group chat. Uh, and along this joke of the the drinking game, I said, every time the Bruins lose, uh, you got to have a heel bread, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> um, but as far, as far as the drinking game goes, anytime Heinen misses the net, you have to drink yeah. and then stab yourself allegedly. <laughs> Please don't do that at home. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, uh, let's see. I think every uh, time Grizzly loses an edge and gives up a scoring chance. Yeah. 
Anytime the Bruins act like pussies in front of their own net, drink. Uh, that would cause some some every drunken time, uh, drunken super. Every time the Bruins pass over Fabian Lysel to bring up some scrub, drink. Yeah, that's uh, basically if Jack's talking, we're drinking. I think. Um, what else? Bruins head coach changes lines in the first period. Yeah, drink. Every time Jack says tumbling muffin or down the river, we could drink. Anytime Cam nearly throat punches an intern on the ninth floor, <laughs> we could we could drink. <laughs> Please don't throat punch yes, the interns, never. Cam. No, don't do that. There's some really good ones in there. Every time Forberg turns <laughs> the puck over, we could drink. Instead of promoting someone from Providence, drink. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, Matt, what you missed is I told uh, Tyler here, you got to have the heel bread, PB and J, after the Bruins hell every time now. You got to you gotta take a picture next time and tweet it out. All right, yeah. Okay. Heel yes, bread, PB and J, every time uh, the Bruins definitely. lose. All right. Hey, the drinking games might be a that might be like a Manning cast type of thing. <laughs> yeah, if we could we could uh, we 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 could do I'll some four thousand people on there. We could do a YouTube yeah. live and and just get after it. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Have I, some, I'm with you. Have some vomiting. Uh, yeah, that, is, that is. Oh God! So <laughs> lo- lots of vomit. <laughs> lots of vomit. I mean, I think it would be yeah. because there's there's certainly a lot of things to choose from the as far as that lops. Yeah. yeah, the next slide would Yeah, no, he's not, he's not going to want us vomiting there, but yeah. No, probably not vomiting. No. No, so so yeah, hopefully the, the Bruins play well during that game or Lops and the rest yeah, of us hopefully. will be in trouble. Well, we're in trouble. Now, it can't be the 9 to 2 ball washing we saw with the uh, Panthers Lightning. That was that fun. Was yeah. The pan- it we was fun. went uh we so Maddie and I were down in Florida for uh, you know, about a week or so the last week and went to a couple of games saw Saw Tampa and Colorado. That was a that was a barn burner. Um, yeah, and Tampa sure. won six three. That was a good game. And then we saw Tampa Flor- uh, and Florida go after it. Uh, you know, battle of Florida and Tampa mm-hmm. just absolutely uh, got destroyed. Florida blitzed them uh, mm-hmm. and nine um, two. The crowd, a lot of Panthers fans there drove up from Sunrise, and uh, they were they were chanting "We want 10. That was raining through the oh, yeah. through the arena, uh, and it took them a while, a lot longer than I thought it should have, to pull Vasilevsky in that game. He was in there for six goals, oh, I believe, yeah, but they it yanked was six him. Six goals, and he and he gave up four in the first, and he gave up two quickly in the second. Yeah. I'm like why are they keeping this guy? In I know, here? right? And, and it wasn't really as far as a great tip. Yeah, and the defense was terrible. Yeah, it was. They couldn't complete a pass at all. Uh, that was that was as bad. And the Panthers looked like the Moscow Red Army. Yeah, they they were they, they were a buzzsaw. They were everywhere. I mean, they were everywhere. I mean, they were everywhere. And uh, you know, scary team for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a good. It, it, I like the arena. A lot, yeah. Nice um, arena. I didn't. I didn't love the vent above us that blew thirty degree air <laughs> yeah. on us. Well, it's probably like because it's usually warmer in Florida. But man, yeah. uh, it wasn't super warm while we were there. Uh, no. We did make the mistake of wearing shorts to the game, uh, and even though we had long sleeves on, we were both freezing our asses off because right. there was an <laughs> air conditioning so what is, vent. What do two Boston guys do when they're freezing <laughs> their ass off in a Florida arena? Go get dunks. And yeah, that's what we did. We went to get dunks, <laughs> and we stood in the fucking. Dunk Kings. We had some. We had yeah. <laughs> we had some Dunk Kings. 
Uh, hey, DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook, and it's live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at draft DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7. 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued are free as free bets, terms at draftkings.com slash ma. Yeah, and you get uh, the NCAA tournament and all sorts of good things coming up uh, uh, shortly. The NCAA hockey, uh, so many good opportunities to get some betting in. All right, time for beauties. And the beauty this week, this past week, uh, a late arrival to the beauty because they didn't have a ton of them. Uh, And this time it is Justin Brazo, the big fella, 240 pounds, big uh, forward. Great story from the ECHL to the AHL to the NHL. A goal in his first game. Great, great play. Boquist in front. Bangs it in. Looks like he belonged. Yeah, he did. Uh, He's not really the snarl guy and the fighter guy. He's just a big body, and he plays in that front uh, pretty well. So, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him on that fourth line just to be a big body that, that people have to move out of there. Uh, and cause a little havoc in front of the net. And, you know, if he's going to keep banging in goals every night, then sure, let's keep him yeah. around. You know what? I, I He reminds me of the late Jimmy Hayes a little bit. Like sure. He, you know, he's tall, big, um, and, and can score a little. You know, has a good, you know, decent offensive game. Not a ton of snarl to his game and no. not a ton of, uh, you know, rough and tumble, but... Um, but a big body who, when he's in front of the net and going to the net, he can really do some damage. So he, here's the, him. He's here's the one, yeah, here's the one major difference, which is why he didn't get uh, a, a sniff of the NHL until now. He is slow, slow slower than Jimmy's yeah. Charlie J- Simmer. Like <laughs> I mean, slow. Jimmy Hayes yeah. would probably race down to one end line and back before he finished one leg of that right. race. Holds him back for yeah. sure. So uh, that is the one, um, you know, downfall in his game. But if he can, you know, offensive zone starts and gets in front of the net, and uh, he did have a couple of nice back checks because he he does have a long reach and so forth. So, um, you know, if he continues to work on his skating, I think he can be a serviceable NHL guy. No doubt. Uh, the bender, and there were many. We should probably pick a player, but we're going to do long breaks. Ah, the bender. You know, long break, and it was a long break. And as we talked about, it was a long time in Boston at home with your kids and your wife and your family. And, you know, you're taking advantage of the time at home and doing other things. I think it was a major distraction, first of all. Uh, it got them a little complacent. And the break, the schedule anyway blows. The schedule is, I don't know, it's made by guys who, uh, it was made with Braille or something. Like they haven't, they haven't. I don't know. They just threw darts at it, but there's been so many different scheduling quirks here, but this long break really hurt the bees. Yeah, it did. 
It did hurt them. And, and, uh, you know, it's just something that, um, I think they get out of rhythm. Um, especially guys like Carlo, I think really need to play, you know, every night or every night, you know, every other night or, you know, a couple times a week, whatever it is. Um, and, and they just seem to get out of sync fairly easily. Um, and you know, it, it's, taking them some time. Well, hopefully they found the game, but it's taking them some time to kind of get back at it. So hopefully, you know, they can find their game and, and on this road trip and, and, uh, you know, turn things around here, but yeah, it definitely hurt them. Yep. Centennial season spotlight. And we focus on one of my favorites, probably the one a to cam nearly Rick nifty Middleton was just, one of my absolute favorite players, a great player, could score goals like crazy. I think that Nifty is a is a one guy from the seventies that would really excel in this game of hockey. Oh yeah, this game is so suited for this. I mean, back then you could grab and tug and everything. Sure. You could do all sorts of things, and it was physical and nasty and dirty and illegal and everything. But now. With the with the rules the way they are now, I mean, Nifty would have been like a fifty goal scorer. He would have been like a Parsonak. Sure, yeah, he he definitely would have um, excelled. You know, he had unbelievable hands. Uh, you know, and he could score goals, and he had great vision too. I mean, he was a kind of a complete yeah. guy. But yeah, he would have he would have one hundred percent excelled in, in today's NHL just because of uh, you know the skills and and hands that he had. Yeah, Middleton and Peterson in their heyday, like for that short time they were together. Yeah. I mean, just so good. Like, yeah. just so good. And, um, you know, Nifty was able to play with them all the way till that cup run in 88. And, mm-hmm. um, and he was just a great, great player for them. Providence Bruins Beauty of the Week. Georgie Merkulov, you know, I've been thinking about this. Like, Brazo gets called up and, and other guys kind of get a taste. And I don't understand. And Merkulov got a small taste. Um, but guys like Merkulov and Lysel, when the team is not doing well and they struggling to score some goals and things, and I just think that, you know, Lysel and Merkulov probably could have gotten more of a chance from the beginning of the year and maybe not gone with Patra and a couple of other guys. Yeah, I, I kind of agree at this point with the way that, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty. Um, you, I do feel like Patra earned it out of camp and Lysel didn't have a great camp. Merkulov had a pretty good camp, but Lysel didn't. Um, and you wonder now if Fabian Lysel is looking at all these other guys getting called up and, um, you know, it's kind of pissed off that he hasn't gotten a chance yet. I, I saw a thing the other day on X or Twitter or whatever the fuck you want to call it now. Uh, he scored a goal and he did not celebrate with any of the guys on the ice. He scored, yeah, he scored, and then went straight to the bench to do the high fives along the bench, uh, but did not go to, like, any of his other teammates on the ice. And, like, you know, they usually, like, they'll raise their hands, and then someone will go over there, and they all kind of huddle. Like, he scored, and they skated towards him, and he skated away, went to the bench, high fives along the bench. And I wonder if it's just, you know, getting to him now where – um, he's not getting the chance that he thinks he deserves, and mm-hmm. if that's going to be a problem moving forward. And it was some things talked about with with the coach, like talking about him and and kind of that thing. Maybe not as maybe not as teammates, but kind of uh, you know he's kind of direct. He kind of has a 
a, a stoic kind of personality mm-hmm. and he wasn't playing a real 200 foot game. So, you know, the coach for Providence who, who, you know, he, he'll say some things, you know, he'll keep it real. And he's kept it real with Lysel and with Mikulov. And he said some things like that too. Like he can't play in the NHL if, or he can't play for Montgomery if he doesn't do this, or he doesn't do that. Like right. they've done that with both of those guys. Um, so you wonder, like, I guess you wonder what, you know, what, what goes through a guy's head like Mikulov. Is he, is he a guy that would fit into there? Because this, this team since 2006 has had a great room. Like it's just mm-hmm. had led by Chara and Bergeron and, you know, other, you know, veteran guys like Recky and all the way through mm-hmm. guys who have really kept up a great, you know, great leadership, a great room, great chemistry. McAvoy's sort of taken that on. Parsonak's taken that on. Marshan, like it's very important to them. Yeah. So I wonder if a guy like him fits in. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting. I wonder if, you know, if those guys have some growing up to do. And I wonder if that's really more than the hockey, if that's the reason that they haven't been, you know, up in Boston for a longer look. I wonder if that's part of the reason that they have some some character stuff that they need to kind of iron out before, you know, they're going to get invited into that room that the Bruins care so much about. Yeah, and I, I wonder, you know, you, I guess you wonder what, what a guy's makeup is about and those intangible things. Prospect spotlight. And you mentioned him briefly, Philip Svedback, another goaltender doing really well with the, with the Providence college Friars, mm-hmm. uh, 29 games played two to eight, 900 save percentage. He's a fourth round pick in 2021 on a good Providence team and continues to develop. And again, they, they can find them and they can develop them and uh, they do a good job with them. And the Bruins are really one of the top, organizations for goaltender development and Shredback uh, is doing have another good year uh, in the hockey East. Yeah, he is um, playing against great competition, obviously BC mm-hmm. and BU, you know, top two teams in the country, sure. you know, Maine's up there, Providence is up there. Mm-hmm. UNH is kind of sneaky in the top, you know, 15, mm-hmm. 20. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really good conference and he's having a great year and, and hopefully, you know, that can continue for the Bruins sake, you know, through the hockey East playoffs. And I think Providence, uh, you know, as long as they don't flame out, in the in the hockey's playoffs and and you know make a little run there they should get an invite i think to the uh, ncaa tournament so it'll be good for him to get some of those pressure games and and big games under his belt and and continue his development for sure absolutely we had a bruins poll yeah and this one was was fairly interesting Yay or nay on the Casey Middlestat, uh, the center for the Buffalo Sabres, which we talked about. We were both yay. Mm-hmm. And the nays won 51% to 51.1 to 48.9, a really close poll, 182 votes. This surprised me. It surprised me too. And and I, I'll I'll come back to the fact that I don't know if all that many people watch Casey Middlestat regularly. Right. Sure. I don't right. think they realize, you know, because his stats aren't up there. If you put his stats up there, I think it flips the other way. You know, if you say if you say he has forty four points and right. you know, thirteen goals and and uh, you know, I think I think that's an entirely different. Yeah, thirteen goals, thirty-one assists. I think that's an entirely yeah. different, um, you know, result in the poll. So uh, yeah, so I, I it's uh, you know I like we've we we've talked about it, and 
you know, we don't think the Bruins really have enough, but if they want it, if they want to trade, you know, Grizzly and somebody in first round pick to, to get them and, and Buffalo will trade them here. I'm all for it. Let's do it yesterday. Yeah. I, I look, I think I, it's a passive aggressive way to see who's paying attention. <laughs> That's what that poll was. You know what I mean? It was just like, Hey, case or middle stat. What do you think? Yeah. Who the fuck is that? No. <laughs> yeah. You fuck know, that dude. No way. Who's he stinks. Guy? He's on the Sabres. He, he stinks. At all. He's not a goal scorer. That's not a goal scorer's name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's actually 44 points. Yeah. You jerk off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd take metal stat in a, in a heartbeat uh, for sure I, with his youth and so forth and a center. I mean, yeah, I'd take him. Week ahead for the Boston Bruins, 221. They're at Edmonton back-to-back. They go to Calgary on the 24th at Vancouver, and then the 26th at Seattle. Vancouver will be looking for blood. Seattle is beat 4-1. to one. Edmonton has McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, hey, this is, a, this is a tough one. It's a tough one, and, yeah, Edmonton has, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, the Bruins should be looking for revenge at Calgary. Vancouver is going to yeah. be looking for revenge for the Bruins, and then the Bruins should be looking for a revenge at Seattle. So, um, you know, playing these guys also, you know, a couple times here in, you know, in a few weeks' time, you know, should be some hatred, should be some blood yeah. boiling in this one. I think, yeah. you know, all the games weren't particularly close, you know, those Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle games. So those are all going to be heated contests, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Edmonton, you know, with uh, with McDavid and, and Dreisaitl are going to be, you know, running up and down on the Bruins and hopefully we can hold them at bay. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's six days. They play four games against really tough opponents on the road away from home. So this is a really good stretch here for them to show if they can turn this thing around. And I'll tell you, um, slipping down the standings a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're in a, they're in a place now where you could get a tough draw in these last 25 games or so. You don't want to falter here. And then yeah. in a bad, in a tough uh, seating or so forth. Are so. they doing it on purpose so they don't have to get the president's trophy again? Get that yeah, president's maybe. trophy it, curse? Succeeding. Yeah, they're succeeding. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe you don't have that added pressure. Yeah. You know, maybe one of those, this is one of those years where they, they kind of falter in and then get hot. You know, I, yeah, yeah. You I hope it's know. not falter in and then falter out. Right. Because uh, more of what, what could happen. Yeah. That, I mean, that's it, happened that. before where they, yeah. you know, yeah. What was that against Carolina a few years back where they kind of were oh, shitty yeah. towards the end oh, of the yeah. year and then, you know, bit them in the ass in round one. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not necessarily the, the sure the Bruins are one of those teams that can just turn it on. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, they can't just, you know, lose and lose and lose and lose and then be like, all right, boys, flip the switch. Let's go. Like, I, I just don't feel like they're one of those teams. I, I feel like they have to be playing their way. Um in order to for things to go well for them. So I don't think it's one of those. They're not like the avalanche where they can just, they have elite offensive talent or whatever. Mm-hmm. They can just flip the mm-hmm. switch and be like, all right, turn it on. Let's go boys. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's so, it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, uh, yeah, they get things. Hey, turned you know, around. Maybe the, it, it does get a little long in the tooth there too, the, the season. Yeah. So, you know, that's a thing too. Yeah. So it could be, that could be factors. some of it. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of factors, and maybe maybe they get energized by some meaningful hockey. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I just want I just want them to play better, and I want them to make a couple of decent moves. I don't want you know some shithead fourth liner that may or may not play. I don't want 
Patrick Brown or right. whatever that guy they got last year or or some def- Nick Holden or some defenseman who's barely going to get in the lineup. Like, I don't want depth pieces that won't play. Like, I want yeah. you to improve your your roster, your team. Uh, so I want a winger and I want some snarl on the fourth line and some snarl on the third pair. Just give me that. Just give me that. You know, shouldn't cost that much. Give me that. Sure. And if and if Noah Hannafin wants to pull a Taylor Hall and say I'm only going to go to yeah, Boston, go give to me that too. Yeah, yeah, because I'd be you in. You can only trade me for Derek Forbord <laughs> and a bag of Cape Cod chips. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, uh, then I'll take yeah, them. Sure. Yeah, then I'll take them. For sure. Love well, it. InsideTheRink.com. Bruins Benders merchandise, sh- shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs and all sorts of stuff. Follow us on the social media. At Bruins Benders, we do game updates on on X and subscribe to the YouTube page and Inside the Rink. And we appreciate you listening. See you next time. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye.